We sit glued to the TV set all night And every night Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright We got nothing better to do Than watch TV and have a couple Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 157. On this episode, we have a couple of news items, and we'll be discussing recent episodes of Fringe, The Walking Dead, Homeland, and Castle, along with a few TV on DVD picks. You can find the full show notes with time codes for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 157. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... I'm Andrea Towers from Confessions of a TV Geek. And I'm Carla Day from TV Die Hard. What, only one? Only one place today, Carla? Well, and Buddy TV and... <laughs> okay. Well, thank you both for uh, for joining me on the podcast. Thank you. And uh, we'll have uh, links to uh, where you can find uh, Andrea and Carla online uh, in the show notes. Uh, first up, we have a couple of news items. Uh, FX has renewed Wilfred for a third season. And USA Network has canceled Fairly Legal and Common Law and uh, has also announced that they won't be making any more uh, episodes of Political Animals. So, uh, Andrea, what do you think about uh, about any of those? Were you watching any of those? Sad to see any oh, of yeah, those? I was pretty much watching uh, pretty much all of them, but I think I'm the most upset over Political Animals. And, um, and I had a friend say to me, like, when I found out they weren't making any more, she's like, wait a minute, like, wasn't it only supposed to be a miniseries anyway? I'm like, yeah, but they left it open. I want more. I, want, <laughs> I really like the show. So I'm sad, but um, I knew it was kind of it could kind of go either way. Um, I feel like it's because the ratings weren't there, which, you know, makes me a little sad. But, um, but you know, maybe they'll end up working together on something in the future. And um, and I am happy for Wilfred. I like the show. Um, and, I'm you know, I'm sad about Fairly Legal and Common Law. But, um, you know, hopefully, I mean, USA does really, really good shows. So hopefully, they'll, um, you know, they'll bring something else for next year. How about you, Carla? Um, I'm not surprised about Fairly Legal or Common Law. Uh, Common Law, actually, they kind of unofficially canceled it over a month ago. Um, so that one was pretty much just a matter of getting the, you know, the actual official cancellation. Um, Fairly Legal, you know, I, I'm i sad a little bit more for that just because I really like the characters, but the show itself really wasn't that good. Um, and Michael Truco is going to be on Revenge, so that makes me happy. And uh, I'm sure Sarah Shahi will be on something soon. But Political Animals, that's the one I think was a mistake. I think USA should have renewed that. Um, It was a show that gave them some credibility as far as having high quality caliber shows instead of kind of they've been more known for having fluff kind of shows, Um, you know, summer kind of fair um with the exception of suits i think that uh you know most of the shows fit that and then political animals and you know they have opportunities for awards with that and positive word of mouth um and it was short series people could have caught up on it so uh you know from a business standpoint i think it was probably a mistake but they are the experts and i'm not so <laughs> that's why i just talk about tv and they run their tv network <laughs> yeah not not surprised about really about fairly legal or common law. I didn't really like the changes that they did from the 
from the first season of Fairly Legal to the second season. Um, and uh, Sarah Shahi is going to be on uh, uh, Chicago Code, I think. Or not Chicago Code. What Chicago is it? Chicago Fire. Fire. Yeah. If only she was going to be on Chicago Code and that show was coming back, but no. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great. So probably she's going to be on another show that's probably not going to be around all that much longer. Um, political Animals, I'm, you know, I'm not really shocked that they didn't do it because it was, you know, originally as a miniseries. But I'm kind of surprised that they, not that they would, uh, you know, I I didn't think necessarily it'd be a good idea to pick it up to series, like to make, you know, to turn it into where they're now doing you know, 12 or 16 episodes or something like that. But I thought there was a good chance that they might do like another six episodes, you know, like come back and do another mini series. Exactly. And, yeah. Uh, it, it seemed like that would be something that, that would have, uh, but would have worked. I don't know what, if it was all, you know, ratings, the expense to make it, or, you know, all those things that go into it or somebody that was a part of it that didn't really want to do it any longer. Who knows? But uh, it seemed like it was definitely open to do like and come back and do like another six episode story at some point in the future from where they left off. Yeah, it just also seemed um I mean from my standpoint, you know, I just got the impression that USA was also really invested in it as a series, so that's why I, you know, was shocked that even though um if it, the ratings weren't there or if they just decided that, you know, maybe the cast decided they didn't want to um, put forth more episodes. Um, I guess it's just surprising that given how much the show was really backed that um, and maybe maybe they did fight for it. You know, I don't know. I don't pretend to know what goes on behind the scenes, but um, but I'm sad. I know we're all yeah. sad. At least we'll get to see Sebastian Stan, hopefully, um, as Jefferson more on Once Upon a Time. That'd be cool. And. I'd love to see, you know, James Wolk on something else soon. Well, all right. That's the, uh, the news, and we'll uh, jump into the uh, primetime segment. Uh, the first show on our list for primetime is Fringe, uh, Season 5, uh, Episode 5, uh, and Origin Story. Uh, but I don't believe we've talked about uh, Fringe much on the podcast, so pretty much... Uh, anything about season five is is fair game <laughs> so uh, uh we'll start uh we'll start with you carla what what do you think about fringe so far this season i am enjoying the season i know that there's a lot of naysayers out there some of my friends at least and other critics aren't really digging the season um but i've really enjoyed the change and really seeing the progress of you know, trying to overcome the observers in the future world. Um, I will say I don't like it as much as I liked Letters um, Letters of Transit. I mean, that was probably my favorite episode of all of Fringe ever. Um, the world quite isn't as... I love the characters in that, and it's missing some of those key characters. But overall, I've really enjoyed it. Um, Etta's death was heartbreaking, um, didn't necessarily see it coming, but I also wasn't really surprised that it happened. Uh, you know, uh, this last episode, uh, Peter freaks me the heck out in that episode. Um, I It's almost like it wasn't Peter. It was almost like some other being possessed him and took him down this path that was just unlike him. Uh, so I'm interested to see, you know, what happens with his little electronic bug observer thingy that's in his head now. 
uh, you know, Olivia, she, her reaction to Edda's death seemed much more natural to me and fitting and watching the video was heartbreaking. But I really hope that they get back on the track more of like finding the clues that they need to bring down the observers. So I like it so far. How about you, Andrea? Uh, oh, I have so many fringe feelings. I don't even know. <laughs> um, mostly because I'm loving, and I still do. I really like this season. Um, I like it a lot more than I liked most of last season, which I had a lot of problems with the way the narrative um, ended up. But, um, you know, I loved the 2036, and um, and I loved Etta, and I loved, like, the whole family dynamic. Um, and um, I also felt that, like, I was never, I love all of the characters individually, but I was never a really huge um, supporter of Peter and Olivia. I mean, I support them together. It's just that wasn't ever my main thing for the show, um, where I know it is for a lot of people. Uh, but when you kind of introduced Edda and you had the whole family dynamic, it actually made me like them as a couple a lot more um, because it introduced that aspect. And, and I really loved watching that. So then... I was pretty much heartbroken and angry and lots of different emotions that are probably way too scary to say that I had these emotions for a TV show. But um, when she was when she was killed uh, and, you know, like Carla, I I figured it was coming, um, especially because when. They initially you know, announced the season. You know, I noticed she wasn't a, a regular, and it's like, well, if you're in the season, but you're really not a regular, you know, what is it? Either means you're really not going to be involved, or you're probably going to die at some point, <laughs> um, which ended up happening. But I didn't think that they would do it so early, and I see why they did it. I think it's going to be interesting to see where the series goes. Um, obviously, Peter is kind of on his revenge bender. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what he does with, um, you know, with his, and he's got the observer part in him and how that's going to affect his relationship with, um, with Olivia and then with Walter. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. I just do think that it was, her death was way too early. I kind of expected it to be the eighth or ninth episode in, um, but you know, I think, um, I think they have their reasons, and, you know, I remember talking to Joel at Comic-Con, I remember him being really excited for where the season was going, and I trusted, you know, his enthusiasm, so I'm trying to be, so I'm trying to be all in a way that will make me very happy, which, I mean, it's one of my favorite shows, so hopefully it will, um, but I am really enjoying this season, and, you know, every episode I thought has been pretty, you know, pretty strong up to this point. One thing that I feel like I should have known that something was happening, because when I was on set, um, I think they were filming the sixth episode, which is actually the one that's airing this week, and Georgia Haig wasn't there. And, like, on any other show, I would have immediately been like, oh, are they dead? You know, like, why aren't they here? Um, but for whatever reason, I didn't. But now, reflecting on the way the question was answered... And, like, the tone that the publicist used when we asked, like, totally gave it away in a way. But at the time, like, there was just so much going on that I don't think any of us picked up on it. Um, but this week's episode looks pretty cool because we saw part of it being filmed and um, kind of excited about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, what Peter is like now that he's uh, jacked into the Matrix. 
from the little bit of clip that they showed, it looks like it, it'll be interesting. I think this, this season has been really good. I think the casting of the daughter it was like the like the best casting I think I've ever seen in like a really long time. I mean, she did a really good job in the role, but also just the look, her look just so like in this last episode where Peter, you know, takes a picture and he's like holding it out and looking at Olivia and a picture of, of her. And you're just like <laughs> such a good job they did. Uh, yes, on that. definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty much, I'm pretty much convinced they literally went to Australia and found like Anna Torv's clone and then just, <laughs> <laughs> figured out a or like aged her like, you know, 15 years or something and and brought her back here because it's um it's really scary how well that casting is i would say the only one that the only casting that i can think of that was almost as spot on was young snow on once upon a yes. time i completely agree and she could also be the perfect like clone double for katie holmes the young actress but other than that, nothing jumps to mind uh, that is like perfect casting like that. Yeah, it's it just works so well for what they were doing. Um, I think that I think Andrea that you're right that maybe it did the death did come maybe a little too soon. Except that there's only <laughs> there's only seven more episodes, you know, after or or so or whatever seven eight episodes more or something after after that episode. So. I know that makes me sad. In in that in that you know looking at it that way, it may not be too early. But I think it for me it felt a little too early just because I don't know it. I don't think it didn't have the impact on me that I think it was supposed to. Like I don't think we've had enough time with the character. Yeah, I'm. I agree. To be as as affected as I think that you're supposed to be. I mean, it definitely was sad, and you could see what they were doing it definitely set off peter and gave you a little bit of taste of like why things didn't work out previously when they lost when they lost her the first time uh, you know in the in the backstory that they've told you that uh you can see that now you know like losing her again and actually seeing it take place has just you know set him off down uh down down another path uh, it'll be interesting to see how they continue with that, but also rein it in to get back on the finding the clues thing that they set up uh, to be able to, uh, you know, rid the world of the observers. Uh, I'm interested to see what they've come up with, like <laughs> as they really find these things and what the and and what the plan is, what uh, uh, what they're going to do. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying the season. Uh, I don't think it's I don't know it. It's it's hard to it's hard to say. I think they're doing a pretty good job uh, in setting things up to you know to go out uh, for you know this final season. But I don't know that I'm necessarily as completely invested in it as I've even been in the past. I don't know. It's weird, but definitely you know looking forward to watching each. Uh, new episode and uh, to see where they go. Well, you know, and we may not have seen the last of Ada. This is true. I think the same way that I don't think we've seen, I keep saying, which I hope I'm true, we haven't seen the last of the alternate universe, even though they obviously have, you know, all the character or all the actors have said, um, you know, they're, they've said goodbye to them. I really hold out hope that we're going to see them at least one more time before the series ends. 
So it's like the same thing. I think we'll hopefully be seeing Etta again. Yeah, you never know. With a show like this, they can do pretty much anything they they want, uh, and 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 pretty much have uh, along the way. It is definitely been one of those shows where they haven't rested on what they've done at any point in time and continually have changed things to give you a lot of what you liked previously, but also in a new setting. So it still feels new. Uh, I think they've done over the course of the series. I think they've done a really good job of doing that. And it makes you wonder how much, if any of what they're doing now was ever even an idea way back when they started. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, I think uh, that's a, that's enough on fringe. Although we'd uh, love to hear from you out there. What do you think about uh, Fringe so far this season? And uh, we'll jump on to uh, the next show on our list, which is The Walking Dead, Season 3, Episode 4, Killer Within. Okay, Andrea, we'll start with you on this one. Um, I think I'm still emotionally, speaking of like being emotionally distraught by television, I think I'm still still in that frame of mind today. Um, I... I, I didn't read the comics. I don't really know the comics. Um, so I didn't, I mean, a lot of people knew that she does, you know, she dies in the comics and that she would eventually die in the series at some point. Um, I did not. I'm pretty much kept in the dark about all that. So, I mean, halfway through, I knew something big was going to happen. I chose to watch it live because I really, I really wanted to. Um, and, you know, I, I figured like halfway through it was kind of reaching a point where I was kind of going, well, crap, this is going to really suck because I like Laurie. I feel like I'm one of the few people. Um, I, I know I, there's a few other people out there, but I just feel like I'm in the general minority of people who actually do like the character. Um, and I thought they did a really good job of um, making her more likable than she has been uh, in general in the past, you know, two seasons um, leading up to her death yesterday. Um, but I mean, I think regardless of if you loved or hated the character, um, which I feel like is the impression I got, that you were just gutted by the way the entire thing happened from the goodbye to Carl and then Carl shooting her so she wouldn't become a zombie and then um, just the whole C-section thing. It was just, I mean, it was just really terrible (laughs) to watch and, you know, Walking Dead, true Walking Dead fashion, it happened in like the last like 10 minutes sitting there like well something's gonna happen it's gotta happen between like next you know eight or (laughs) ten minutes so how is this basically gonna end and it's gonna be terrible um and then of course you had rick's breakdown and um you know kind of like fringe where you know peter goes on this whole revenge bender for Etta. i think obviously they're setting up rick to go on this whole uh you know scary revenge kind of bender with uh, the governor but I mean I'm sure that's something we'll end up seeing but but I was just I was really sad and it was I mean I think it was a really I think it was a shocker to a lot of people who don't necessarily follow the comics and then also just the way that um, the way that it it happened and I think a lot of people were probably surprised by the fact that even if they didn't like the character they still they still cried over it or felt really emotionally stressed about it how about you, Carla? I agree with everything Andrew said. I, I was never a huge fan of Lori either way. Um, and neither her or T-Dog's deaths really c- 
character wise, I'm not going to necessarily miss the characters going forward. I mean, T Dog finally got some lines in this episode <laughs> and then he gets killed. Um, but neither of the characters, you know, of course they'll be missed in the group for kind of the role that they played within the group. But I'm not going to, like, the deaths weren't, like, with Etta's death on Fringe or. Um, let's say like Opie's death on um, Sons of Anarchy, those like their presence is going to be really missed on the show. But it was how that T-Dog and Lori died. Like in their death, they were so honorable. Um, I mean, T-Dog basically, yeah, he'd already been bit, but he basically sacrificed himself to save Carol. And, um, you know, hopefully Carol's still alive. And I'm assuming that she is since, um, you know, three deaths would just be too much, and then it would have like his sacrifice wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that would have been but, that would be pretty bad. Yeah. So, but it's interesting that the group doesn't know where Carol is right now. So I think that that'll add an interesting stress, like in the next episode, and kind of a what's going on. Um, and if you've seen the preview, um, for next week, there's a sneak peek scene that could provide some insight into whether or not she's alive or not. Um, and I'm hoping um, that, you know, it'll be interesting anyways to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. But um, with Lori's death, you know, I mean, poor Carl. I just, like, my heart breaks for that kid. I mean, I know a lot of people get annoyed by him last season, especially because he'd wander off. And, uh, you know, more it was like a Lori issue that she was never paying attention to him. And even, like, Rick really wasn't. But... As far as a leader of the group, in a way, Carl is almost more of a surrogate, like, leader of the group than even um, Rick is or Daryl or any of them. I mean, Carl knows what needs to be done. He goes and he does it. And it's heartbreaking to see someone that young having to go through so much tragedy. Um, you know, the fact that he, you know, his mother would turn into a zombie, you know, come back to life after he just said goodbye and then he has to shoot her. I'm glad it happened off screen. I thought that it was much more um, impactful, if that's even a word. Um, Thank you. It had more impact when to see him just kind of walk away after he did it with just like a blank look on his face and was kind of like business as usual and move on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I bawled through the whole thing and like I said, um, I just watched the kind of inside behind the scenes and they showed the goodbye to the two actors, you know, um, after they shot the last scene and they goodbye and, you know, it's heartbreaking, but, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing kind of what the group does next, how they fill the void left by these people. Cause this is a, you know, um, kill or be killed kind of world and everyone had a really important role to play um, you know Lori was pregnant and still killing zombies so I don't know it was sad but it'll be I think that it was the right move for the show and it'll kind of propel it forward for us the season yeah I think it was definitely interesting like here four episodes into the season is definitely not a time where you would expect two of the main sort of the main characters and I'm being generous with T-Dog. Um, but to see, you know, two of the people, two of the faces that you've seen since the beginning, uh, you know, die off in, in one episode is pretty, 
is pretty big. I was I was still I was actually a little surprised when when he got bit. I was like, oh, they're going to they're 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 finally they're finally just going to get rid of his character. And but it was also after in an episode where he like was trying to stand up to the group to say, come on, guys, we can't just let these just send these two people on their way. Uh, and so it was definitely an interesting dynamic there. Definitely, definitely interesting doing away with Lori uh, and the way that they did it, but also because it seemed like they had spent so much of just like the early part of the season, like rehabilitating her character. Uh, she was not necessarily a fan favorite, you know, from the first couple of seasons, and especially the way uh, things were left at the end of uh, season two, uh, that they even, you know, they even had her say, you know, in like the first or second episode that, you know, she hasn't been a very good wife or mother or, you know, all that stuff, which was, which was pretty funny. But yeah, I definitely didn't see that one, that one coming, uh, you know, where you have to uh, give birth and there's problems arise in the middle of being attacked by by zombies like they, i actually was i actually kind of hope this is like probably really sad but i was like you know if if she was gonna if she is gonna die if they're gonna kill her off like you know i just really hope that maybe you could get like a whole zombie baby or i was calling it zombie baby like just because <laughs> and i was like at least that would be interesting like you know but I have to say, in the previous episode where where there was talk about, you know, what could happen, like if, like, thinking that if the baby died, like, before she gave birth, that she, since everybody is is infected, that the baby would turn into a zombie inside. An eater yeah, on the inside. Like, <laughs> like that, that whole conversation, or, you know, or that, uh, you know, she could die while giving birth, you know, it was all these different options that came up and it was stuff that you would never, you never really had thought of. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, uh, a, a zombie baby, like that would be the, the <laughs> old, like sort of, uh, like from alien all of a sudden, you know, baby coming out. Uh, but, actually, uh, go on YouTube and do search for zombie baby. My, um, cousin has actually been doing some trailers for a full movie called zombie baby. It's yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, the one thing um, I didn't read the comics. I have not read the comics either, but I do know that in the comics, Lori and the baby both die. And so it was it's I find it interesting that the show decided to keep the baby alive, Um, you know, in the preview for the next episode. And I don't think this is really spoiling anything, but um, Herschel says you know, we need to find baby formula or the baby's going to die. And it was something I never even thought about, you know, it's like, yeah, with, yeah, with the mom dying, you know, the prison's going to have a lot of food, but they're probably not going to have baby formula at the prison. So, you know, it's little things like that. I mean, of course, disposable diapers aren't a necessity. You can use rags or towels or whatever, but baby formula isn't probably not something that'll for either be easy to find. Um, but it's not like there's really anything else that you can necessarily feed the baby. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, I mean, babies aren't quiet. Yeah. That's, yeah. You can't, yeah. Having a crying baby in a, in a world where 
sound attracts attracts the zombies. So, who do you think is going to end up being like a surrogate mother to the baby, if anybody? I mean, I would think no. maybe Maggie, maybe but yeah, it could be Carol, I guess. If Carol's alive, I think she is. It's just like, <laughs> although I read a, uh, I was reading interviews today with you know all the post uh, postpartum interviews with the showrunners, and I think they were like really dodging the Carol question. It's like, well, she might be alive, she might not be. We'll see. We'll see her again at some point. We don't know how. We don't know. I'm like, yeah, that's that's really promising. <laughs> You're like, come on! You can't turn her into a zombie after having her daughter turn into a zombie. That's just, that's just too much. Well, definitely the sneak peek that's on AB, uh, AMC.TV definitely shed some light on perhaps whether she's dead or alive. But you know, I don't know how much you can read into clips. Sometimes they purposely put clips out yeah. there to lead you to go one direction when really the show goes an entirely different direction. Yeah, I know. So yeah, a lot of times they'll, yeah, the the advertisement will. If you you know watch the advertisement, the advertisement com- completely is pointing you in the direction that this is the story that it's going to be told, and then you watch it, and it's nothing like that. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it goes completely, uh, a completely different direction. But I-, I haven't ever read any of the comics, but from the things that I've heard about, you know, you know, from back in the first season, second season, and stuff, uh, you know, they've definitely. And and from listening to you know the people behind it and stuff like that, they've definitely are taking what the comics did, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like everything is is going to happen exactly, you know, like it happens in the comics. You know, they've already changed a lot of things up. So I I, I like I like that idea that they're not just you know completely rehashing uh, the comic so that you're as you're going along. You just know everything that's going to happen, or there's the potential of finding out exactly what's going to happen. Um, you know, because I, I wouldn't even have wanted to known that you know that like Laurie's character dies in the comic at some point. Like that's like because then it makes you think, oh, that is going to happen sometime. Like I don't, I just don't want to know anything about it because I'm watching the TV show right now. You know, right? Exactly. What do you guys think about Woodbury and the governor and? That episode was definitely interesting because you knew partially because you've heard people talking about this character from the comics and 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 all this stuff that the way that the episode was going, you're going, this can't be like, like, what's the what's the deal? And then and then they finally show you at the end where, you know, they take out that whole convoy and 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 take all the trucks and then. They go back and he has his secret room with, you know, heads and fish tanks. And you're like, oh, okay, there we go. That's that's more of what I was thinking. You know, there's got to be something more to this uh, character. I think it's an interesting idea of like somebody being able to create like a small little town and be able to try and to make a place for for people to live. Uh, but then in the you see the way that he's, you know, running the place. You you you're like uh, you wonder how many people actually know, uh, you know, like fully what's going on. I think it's um I think it's interesting because I feel like it's one of the few um the few casting decisions and 
uh, and storylines that people were really, really excited over and they had a lot of anticipation for. And I just remember at like the end of um, the end of season two, I remember people talking about like, we're going to meet the governor and it's going to be this whole big thing. And they were all excited about the casting. And um, so then I just felt like going into the season, there was so much anticipation for that, um, for that storyline. But I think it's, I think I think it's really interesting. I think it's also interesting the way they kind of chose to split up the groups this season. Um, I think it adds kind of different dynamic, and I think it's going to make it that much more interesting when they eventually converge back together with everything that's happened. Because um, I mean, honestly, like I love the zombies, and I love all the uh, I love all the gore, which I really do. Like I think it's just a, such a well done show. But what I really love about the show is all the character interactions and the relationships. So I think, you know, them, you know, the prison group coming from one end and Woodbury coming from the other end, I think is going to be interesting when they eventually meet up. Yeah, definitely looking forward to when those two groups, you know, come upon each other, uh, especially with the, you know finding out that Merle is part of that group and, you know, how he got left, but then all the things that have happened with the other group and his brother is there's definitely going to be some budding of heads there <laughs> of when these two uh, uh, groups come together at some point. Um, it, but definitely an interesting thing in that the third episode basically took place in Woodbury. Like there was nothing about the other group, which I thought was was pretty interesting. It was the, uh, and, and going forward, I think we're going to see, we're going to continue to see, you know, a little bit from each side, uh, you know, taking place in, in each thing, in each episode until they, they finally do, uh, until they finally do meet up down, down the road. But so far, so far, uh, on the action front, people have to be definitely excited (laughs) this season as compared to last season. Like, I think they've already killed more zombies in the first four episodes than they did all last season. <laughs> they did more. They did more in the premiere episode. They killed more zombies than they killed all of last season or all of first season. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, definitely. They definitely took that, you know, fan, you know, criticism to heart over the the off season into this season, and and up that uh, a lot. Uh, but it, but if still giving you know you character moments and stuff like that within that, um, and I don't think that you know I, I've said it before you know I think the problem with last season wasn't that there wasn't a lot of zombie kills it was that it got repetitive they kept rehashing the same sort of story over and over again where you thought that that it had been resolved and then all of a sudden they were talking about it again and uh, and and nothing was really happening I think that's the that was the thing for me uh, this season, although they've, you know, they've definitely upped the, uh, up the count. They still have introduced, you know, a couple of, of, you know, new characters, but I, I still want to find out more about like Michonne, like while you've seen a little bit, you still don't really know much about, you know, about her, uh, other than she has a pretty good idea that something nefarious has taken place in Woodbury. <laughs> I think she's the only one that actually has an idea of anything that's going yeah. on. <laughs> but yet she's not even like, she hasn't even like really told Andrea, like what, 
Like she just wants to leave. She hasn't really said why she wants to leave. Uh, uh, so I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, where they go uh, from here, especially, you know, given the way the last uh, episode ended. I mean, it definitely is. I mean, when you think about TV shows in general, usually people have babies and then the baby disappears off into the background and it's like the most well-behaved baby ever. And uh, I mean, take Bones, for instance, like you barely ever even realize that they have a kid uh, so far this season. Um, So it definitely will be interesting to see what they do with a baby in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. It's sort of a storyline that you wouldn't necessarily have thought they would definitely they would go with. Yeah, it definitely puts a wrench in their already <laughs> crazy life and plans. Okay, speaking of uh, crazy life and plans, uh, we'll move on to uh, Homeland. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> season two, uh, episode six, a Gettysburg Address. Okay, Carla, what do you think so far uh, of uh, season two and uh, this episode in particular? Oh my gosh, I just, like, that show is going to give me, is, seriously, if I'm going to have a heart attack, it's going to be from <laughs> Homeland. Um, I mean, as as emotional and, and that, as Fringe and The and the Walking Dead this la- seasons have been, nothing even comes close to um, the shocks of Homeland. I feel like I get, I'm getting, like, electric shock treatment every episode. Um you know, this episode, though, I would say was probably one of the my least favorite of the season. But that still puts it up like way above like every other show on television. Well, so far this season, every episode have been sort of like topping each other. And exactly. And and things coming at a much faster pace than you would necessarily have yeah. expected. So it, it's kind of had to happen like you couldn't keep getting better and better and better each week it's just impossible (laughs) this one we actually could breathe through most of the episode you know um if there's any weakness in the episode i think it has to be the dana um finn story i don't really like the hit and run thing to me it seems like um it seems too easy for homeland and something i've seen done on other shows and so i kind of am not really digging that part but i have faith in the writers that there's gonna that it's not just gonna play out like you know you would expect something that happened to the kennedys um you know in history or or that that maybe hopefully they'll do something good with it but the whole roadie carry relationship now like they're trying to be so civil with each other but yet like I can just imagine, like, internally, they're both just, like, insanely, like, unable to want to, like, they can control themselves now, but you can just see that they, at some point, they're going to break. And it's just waiting for that to happen. And, you know, Carrie in particular, I thought, you know, she she's keeping her sanity pretty well. Um, now that she's back on the job, it's almost like the job keeps her sane, um, which I kind of like to see. And now I'm, it's more like waiting for Brody to crack. Um, I think it's interesting they told Jessica that he's working for the CIA. Um, he ended up being able to to cover up his all his lies with an actual truth, which was yeah. kind of interesting. Um, but I think... You know, for him, Mike might be the biggest threat to him right now. 
you know, the CIA tried to co- kind of cover things up with Mike a little bit, but at the same time, they don't know that Brody killed Walker. So that's something that's kind of still out there that I'm waiting for, you know, kind of the other for it to kind of drop and see how the CIA handles, you know, and then you have the raid on uh, the Taylor's place, you know, uh, it, that was unexpected, but yet it wasn't like all the other surprises that we've seen throughout other episodes. So I think going forward, it'll kind of be, are they going to trust Brody or are they going to think that Brody was the one that tipped off Roya and Nazir's group that they were going to the Taylors? And in this case, he didn't, but, you know, he would be the one to put the blame on. So he may actually get the blame for the one thing that he didn't do. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, I think, first of all, I think it was, um, I thought it was interesting that you said that this, you know, wasn't, I mean, it was a good episode. It just wasn't your favorite out of what um, you've seen so far, which, I mean, episodes four and five were like literally the probably two of the most well-done emotional pieces of television I've seen in a long time. Like, to say how, I mean, and everything about the show is consistently good, but to go from, like, episode four, episode five, and then have to kind of top that, um, I don't think it's possible. Like, I knew I wasn't going to like anything as much as I liked episode five, which was just pretty much floored me in every single way, Um, just because everything about that that interrogation scene and the reveals that happened. Um, but I actually really did. I, I like this episode a lot and I love, I love the relationship between Carrie and Brody so much. Um, it's, it's just so perfectly flawed and wrong. And yet it's literally to their chemistry together. Um, it's Damien Lewis and, uh, and Claire Danes are just so amazing together that I consistently find myself so entranced by them that I forget that it's technically wrong that I should want them to be together (laughs) like that's how good they are like it's never like in the back of my mind like oh I really shouldn't be supporting this but like I never care because it's just that good yeah like if you really look at it a turned you know (laughs) a turned soldier now a terrorist you know working for a terrorist falls for a CIA agent and the CIA agent falls for the person that she believes is She's the only one that believes he's a terrorist, but yet she still falls for him. I think is you know, when you really look at it, is a completely bizarre storyline, and that they've taken that and created what they have is <laughs> is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, it's it just proves it continues to prove how good the show is. Um, and I really, I say every week that it's one of the best shows on television, but it, but it just really is for a number of reasons. Um, and you know, I kind of, I agree that the whole Dana Finn plot is a little, I, I don't mind it at the moment, but, um, I can see also where people have issues with it. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, if they just kind of, leave it as its own separate storyline or if they'll try to find a way to tie it in to the bigger themes of the season, which I think they'll do. I just kind of haven't um, figured out how they would in my head yet. Um, but this, but I mean, I just think this season as a whole has been like 10 times even better than it was last season. And last season was pretty hard to top in terms of being a really strong TV show just amazing that the writers they don't hold anything back you know like 
a TV show like The Vampire Diaries, the first few seasons, you know, um, always said, oh, wow, they move stories along really quickly. And storylines that would normally take, you know, a full a full season on um, other shows, they resolve in three or four episodes and that fast pace is what really drives you to like the show and homeland just brackets that up like a million times i mean for brody to get caught when he did and you know for carrie to go in i mean i don't think anyone could have expected that to happen when it did and because the writers aren't afraid you know that they're not gonna have enough story that shock just like compels you to like want to watch the show and to it always keeps you guessing what's coming next and nothing is ever predictable and you know just the writing and the acting and everything is so impeccable that you know other shows should really try to learn something from it and not hold anything back whether it be the writing or the performances um because that you know homeland's got every other show beat yeah, they they really do, especially uh, going into this season. They really have ratcheted up the pace at which they are, at which they are telling things. You know, the way the first season ended, you kind of had an idea of what a season two might play out as. But the idea that in like episode two that they would find out that for sure that Brody was a terrorist, and then you know by the end of episode four they. <laughs> <laughs> they they they're taking him into custody, you know. You would have thought maybe they would have, there would have been more of the season of them trying to follow him around before, you know, capturing him type of thing, and then there would have, you know, later in the season you would be like where you are now, you know, with him. He's sort of on you. I you guess he's on their side, you know, or whatever. Uh, he's been you know returned back uh, and and put into play to to be now a, a sort of a double agent. Um, that 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 you would be you know, like episode eight or nine or something like that, and so they definitely have taken a direction that you've sort of figured they might go, but yet still made it surprising. So you know, is, which yeah, is, I think that's and I think that's um, that lends a lot of uh, lends a lot of credibility to how good their show is. Then you can you know, throw reveals like that out and it's still surprising. Um, but, and, you know, not only is it still surprising, people won't look at you and go like, well, you just did that because you're trying to, you know, be the next big thing on cable television or you're just trying to keep up with all the other shows. I mean, it's a legitimate reveal that happened at a point when it can really push the story along, which a lot of people didn't expect. Um, and I didn't expect it. I mean, and I love that they are so sure about how they're crafting the season and where they want to go with this, that they're, you know, that they're throwing stuff out there like that. Well, you you know that they're, you know, that they're really, it's a really talented group of people uh, putting the show together, considering that season one originally wasn't supposed to end the way that it did. And that they decided to end it differently and pursue this whole season two, which... Uh, at the time when they had originated the series, none of this was an idea, you know? So like their ability to continually keep coming up with ideas and, uh, and, and pu- pushing the story along is, is pretty amazing. And then the cast that they have acting these things out is just unbelievable. Every episode is, is so good. 
I am on board with the not so much liking the the daughter storyline and the the hit and run. I am in that spot because of the show that we're talking about that I you know sort of giving them the benefit of the doubt. But right now it feels like beforehand she felt integrated into the story that it was an interesting story of her relationship with her father that had returned and how she you know knew things about him that maybe even like her mother didn't know and and all these uh these things and how she was brought in you know to help stop him from even though she doesn't know that uh you know stop him from you know blowing himself up uh, it was all interesting and even this season uh, you know the way that the the season started and then all of a sudden it felt like they went like they needed something bigger you know <laughs> of a side storyline or something else uh and so since they went that way i'm interested to see like what they're going to do with that cuz it it just felt it was the first time that something felt a little off story wise like what are they doing uh with this and and not in a way like what are they doing with this? I can't wait to see what they're doing with this. It was, what are they doing with this? I don't care about this, which, which is, you know, the, the one small, uh, you know, little detraction from, you know, how great episode five was in the main storyline. Okay. I think that, uh, that'll about wrap up, uh, our talk about Homeland, you know, uh, definitely a show that if you're not watching, you should you should be. Uh, we'd like to hear from listeners out there too of what you think about Homeland so far and uh, the speed at which the season is going. And uh, we'll move on to the last show on our list uh, for this week, which is uh, Castle season five, episode six, uh, the final frontier. Uh, but before we head to that episode, I want to ask you both about last week's episode. And which one was that? Last week's episode was the one where <laughs> Castle was being set up. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, on the podcast last week, we got into a discussion where I was the one that thought that uh, that Beckett never really bought into uh, any of it. But Amory and Kyle both thought that she did, especially with the emails and when she was crying to Lainey. And so I'd be interested in hearing from you two uh, briefly what whether you thought that Beckett ever bought into... The castle did it? Yeah. I think that... Beckett wondered whether he did it, so there was part of her that considered it, but that deep down, like, she didn't, she never actually believed that he could do it, but the evidence was overwhelming that the detective in her had to at least consider it. So, I don't know if that, it's kind of borderlining, <laughs> but I do think that she did, did consider that he did do it. I mean, the, the amount of evidence was overwhelming. I don't think that she truly believed he had it in him to do it. What about you, Andrea? Um, I think I'm kind of on the same page as Carla. I think it was I think it was interesting because my my feeling when I was watching it was that the whole undertone of the episode was supposed to be like, I'm, you know, I know you. I've known you for, you know, three, four years, however long it's been in actual TV versus opposed to seasons. Um, but 
you know, I just started a relationship with you. Like, how much do I really know you? And I think it goes back to the whole, like, they're still trying to figure each other out as a couple. And, you know, I think, like Carla was saying, like, she knows deep down that he didn't do it. And she essentially said as much to Lainey and she and to him at certain points. But then it's like, you know, you reach a point when everything just becomes so overwhelming or is in your face as being so convincing that it starts to make you wonder, well, like, you know, anyone is capable of everything and maybe this did happen. And, you know, and who do you really trust? And it comes down to having that kind of innate trust in a person, especially when you're in a relationship with them. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting looking at it from that perspective. Um, but and I, I don't know, I feel like when I watched it, it was kind of like, I knew the way it was going to end up. Like, I knew, obviously, that he wasn't going to be responsible because it's Castle. Because yeah, the yeah. show would be over. <laughs> but, I mean, I wasn't really surprised if they threw that wrench in. Um, but, but I could, um, you know, for a while, I really wondered, like, maybe that would cause a legitimate rift if, you know, he kind of held it over her head that she always thought that he thought that, or that she thought he could do something like that. Yeah, well, my reading of of the of that scene with her with Lainey was that everything was just so overwhelming that it none of it made sense, and that she was crying because she didn't know what to do. Like she didn't not that she was crying because she believed that these emails that he really had been cheating on her and he was not the person that she thought she was or whatever. I mean, they went as far as to completely buy that at that point that she thinks that Castle's been cheating on her and that's why she's crying. And so I, I never, I never read it that way. Uh, but, uh, but before we hop into uh, the final frontier, I wanted to thank uh, Paula, Heather, and Shannon for uh, uh, their comments and emails, uh, and especially since they agreed with me. And then, and then also. <laughs> so that's why you brought this back up, so that you could say they agreed with you. And then also uh, for uh, uh, Peggy, who uh, agreed with, who wrote in on uh, Facebook, who agreed with uh, Amory and Kyle. But uh, I think they all need to watch the episode again. But uh, yeah, that's uh, what I. That's I wanted to thank them for uh, for responding to because uh, at the end of that we asked for people to let us know what they thought based on the uh, conversation that we had had. So thank you all for, uh, for writing in and we'll jump into uh, the, the final frontier. So Andrea, what did it, what did you think of, uh, well, tonight's episode? Um, so I won't give, obviously I won't give any spoilers. Just well, you can, because... you can talk, can I spoilers? Yeah, Am you I can talk whatever. Cause uh, this episode won't be out for another day or two. So, okay, fair enough. I'm just, I'm trying to be good here about <laughs> people, but, um, uh, I really, really like this episode. This episode actually might have been one of my favorite episodes the show has done. Um, I like Castle. It's not one of my favorite shows. Um, it's, I mean, just where I'm invested. Um, but and I think I said something on uh, Twitter today how I like, I really like when the show takes the more comedic route as opposed to um, the whole drama route, which I know it's really more dramedy. Um, but when they can be comedic and fun and when they can banter and, you know, I think Nathan Fillion is amazing comedy and kind of no one ever really gives him enough credit for that sometimes. Um, it's just really, really enjoyable. Uh, so, I mean, I loved I loved the episode. I thought that 
I thought that a lot of it was really true to Comic-Cons and, um, you know, especially I'm sure both of you had pretty much the same feelings uh, in terms of the cosplay and just the overall vibe. Um, but I also loved the in-jokes. They had the little, you know, the joke about Firefly and Joss Whedon and, of course, you know, throwing things in left and right about Star Trek and a lot of these other shows. And it's it was just really fun to watch. It made me laugh a lot. Um, and it was just fun to see those two characters in in this world. Um, and it was believable. It wasn't like you were taking them out of, you know, the precinct and putting them into this world where they were kind of floundering. They didn't know what to do. They had to awkwardly figure out how to interact. I mean, it just, for both of them as characters and then as actors, I think that it really, the episode really suited them. So honestly, it was, I could say it was pretty much one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. How about you, Carla? I liked it. I don't know if it was just when I watched it, um, you know, that it wasn't, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot, but it wasn't, it didn't hit all the right notes for me. It seemed a little cheesy at times, but at the same time, I think that's what it was going for. And I think I just, you know how sometimes you have to be in the right mood to watch a show? I just think I watched it at a wrong time. So it's an episode I want to go back and watch when I'm in, like, when I'm not rushed and in a hurry and have, like, a million things to do. So I can just kind of sit back and enjoy it. I did like all the in-jokes, though. Like um, Andrea mentioned, I mean, those made me laugh and... I thought it was funny, and the fact that Beckett was kind of a closet um, fan of this make-believe science fiction show that was on there. Um, while I was watching, I believed it, but now that I'm reflecting on it, it kind of doesn't fit in with her character. But yet, at the same time, she kind of has all these little hidden interests that we kind of find out throughout episodes. You know, that she was a huge castle, um, you know, of his a fan of his books and uh, you know that she has different interests but sometimes they seem kind of forced because when we see her she's so involved in her job it's almost like she lives for her job that it seems weird that she would like go to a con and dress up as cosplay like it doesn't really match up Um, but I did think it was really funny my favorite part was definitely when she dressed up for Castle at the end um, yes, that just cracked me up. Like, I was like expecting, you know, I mean, she's a sexy lady, and when she kind of like came across, came um, into the doorway, I was kind of like, like you know, I like guys, but I was kind of like, wow, like she's really putting all the moves on, and then to come out with that mask on, yeah, I, just, I laughed really hard and in a good way. Like, it yeah, was just- exactly. And then Castle's reaction, you know, because you see him, he's like getting all turned on, and then all of a sudden he just flips out and like goes and hides. I have to say, I think that was like my favorite part of the whole episode. So, no, I really I like- liked the episode, but um, some of it just seemed a little bit too on the head for kind of the world, and like they tried a little bit too hard. But like I said again, that could just be because. Like, I didn't just sit back and, like, get absorbed into the world while I was watching. I think that they do a good job when they do the serious, you know, where they jump into, like, the Beckett's backstory storyline with their mother and stuff like that. Those episodes have always been really good, but they're also, you know, very dramatic. 
But my favorite part of the show is when they do these type of episodes where they they jump into some sort of you know genre or fandom or or you know something like that where you know they've done sort of you know like an X Fileish episode or you know zombie episodes or uh, all these different things. Those are my favorite episodes when they they jump into these. So I was excited when I saw that this one was going to be you know going around a, a sci-fi convention. And the one thing I'll say is even on a on a small scale, they did a good job of making the convention seem big. Oh, definitely. It, <laughs> too many shows get set in this type. You know, it's supposed to be at some mega convention, and they show you the overall shot of some big arena or something and then when they do the interiors it seems so small and like so fake uh i thought they did a really good job of of making uh the sort of convention floor seem like it was actually a big convention um that felt real i liked all the you know the the in jokes and 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 references to uh you know to past stuff or you know the the idea that the the this cheesy show that she was a big fan of one of the you know of the show but really one of the characters uh you know from back in her you know in her college days i think they do a pretty good job of consistently opening up a little bit more of beckett's backstory and how she really is she really is like the closet geek uh that you know they they've had the the other episodes where you find out that she knows and re you know has read different comic books and stuff like that. Sometimes I think they mess up going the other direction in that Castle will make a reference or say something and she will like blow it off or not really respond to it when you know that based on some of the things they've set up in her backstory she should like like necessarily possibly know what that is. And so uh, I think sometimes they go the wrong they do wrong that way. Um but I thought that they did a really good job also bringing in who, you know, who directed it uh, and who and some of the other stars or guest stars were people that you've seen in, you know, like Eureka and and stuff like that. So that that made it also fun. Um, I just I just really like these these type of episodes. It's it's definitely an episode that you could go back and watch, you know, over again because even though you know who did it and you know what happened that's not you'll still catch other things that you may have missed even you know the first time through uh that that they that they did and the ending scene was was great because you were sort of expecting like a you know you're expecting her to come out in some super sexy costume and for her to have the the big ugly mask on was was pretty was pretty funny and that his reaction was to leave the room and to say it was time to start their marathon of the series that he <laughs> that he he grudgingly <laughs> that he doesn't like <laughs> that he didn't want to. I watch. love that she kept saying, "Oh, come kiss me," and then you'd like look at the mouth on the mask, and it was like, "Ew, yuck, not going I like there." That we got to see. I like that we saw that that side of her that she's. You know, they're making her more have more fun and more at least like when she's with him, they're you know, they're playful, they're fun. It's not like she's trying too hard and, um, you know, she doesn't know who she has to be. Like, that's when I feel like now that they're together, like with him, she can really be her goofy, 
open self. And then I, I think it's interesting when you see her, you know, acting all professional. It's like almost there is two sides of her. But I, I like the stuff in there where, like, the guy that's the captain of the show comes on and and she's like, you can see that she's sort of like excited, like <laughs> to meet <laughs> to meet the captain from the show. But then also like completely disappointed at times to find out that the people behind these characters that she loved, you know, like he's kind of pretty much an idiot. And the one lady that was, uh, you know, the main character that she really liked, it, it was just like a complete bitch and had no, <laughs> you, know, like, uh, you know, it was nothing like, you know, which is you know, true to life, you know, these people are playing characters, you know, they're not necessarily all, you know, terrible people or whatever, but they're definitely not the people that they're playing on TV. Uh, most, you know, for the most part. So, you know, I thought they did, a, you know, a really good job with that. And you know, she did a really good job with that of, of sort of, you could see that excitement and then the disappointment and all that stuff. Uh, I really like what they've done when they when they do that they they open her up a little bit more and i think you're right now that she's you know sort of with castle that she can be a little bit you know you get to see a little bit more of uh cuz that's the one thing that you haven't really seen too much of in the past because you know the show is called castle so you see castle's home life not necessarily everybody else's character's home life and so you haven't really seen a whole lot of what she does when she's, you know, not on the job. Uh, so when they add in some of this backstory and and then give her moments to be a little bit lighter and stuff like that, I think is uh, is really good for the show. You know, one other thing I really loved about the episode was Alexis's outfit. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you always, right. for all these seasons, she's always been, you know, Castle's little girl and... Um, she's never really pushed the envelope with things like that. I mean, even when she was like dating, you know, she's always daddy's little girl and to see her, you know, for him to run into her and her to be all like, you know, in a sexed out cosplay outfit, um, at an event that they always did together before. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was a great moment. I, I just, I loved that moment. I thought that was, um. I thought it was interesting just because I feel like if, I mean, if my, if my parents or someone or, like, ever, someone that, like, doesn't know me or even if they do know me, like, ever saw me, like, you know, at a convention, even just, like, decked out and, like, half the swag that I would wear, it would be, like, the same reaction. Like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and then when they went into, you know, when they saw each other at his house, they're like, yeah, we don't need to talk about yeah. that. She's like, yeah, I thought you might want to talk about it. He's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. Do you want to talk about it? She's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And they just go their separate ways. Uh, yeah, I think that was like, you know, that was a fun use occasionally bringing her character back in, you know, still, uh, you know, with her away at college, it's it's even harder to bring her into uh, some of the storylines. Uh, so I, I thought that one was that one was really funny. The more we talking about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I really did like the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's I, there's just a, a lot in there. I think it's definitely uh, one that you you could go back and watch again. And uh, and then you you'd see uh, you might see things that you you missed 
you know, previously. And, yeah, uh, and like, um, you know, like you were saying, Jason, I think part of the reason why I really liked it was because it felt like I could go back and watch it again. Um, and just, you know, it really was more like a standalone, but not even like, you know, a standalone where you just didn't, there wasn't anything tied to like the mythology of Beckett's murder or, you know, past relationships or anything. It was just, it was just fun. Like you could literally, I feel like anyone could tune in not knowing about the show and really enjoy it just because it had something, um, it had an enjoyable aspect for everyone. Yeah. Anybody that's been to a sci-fi convention or a comic book convention or something like that could could probably enjoy the episode just uh, without ever having really watched the show. That'll, uh, I think that'll do it for uh, prime time this week. Uh, I got a quick question for you guys. Okay. Do we have a minute, Jason? Sure. So they made an announcement today um, that Blood and Chrome is finally going to air. Um, the sci-fi like prequel oh, to, to Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> they're actually going to air that. I mean, they spend all that yeah. money to put it together. They ought you. Yeah. Well, it, they actually sold it to um, a site, and they're gonna. It's the first episode. The first webisode is going to be this Friday, and then each week they're going to release it, and then the full two hours will air on Sci-Fi. So um, I don't know if either of you are Battlestar Galactica fans, but are you guys excited to finally see Blood and Chrome? I know the trailer that was released. You know, I don't even know now. Maybe six months ago. To me, it looked totally awesome, and I was excited about it. So I'm excited to see kind of what happens, but I wasn't sure. That's something you guys are excited about? I don't know that I'm ex- necessarily excited. I'm interested to see it just because, you know, they, they put so much into trying to keep the Battlestar Galactica world, you know, around. But then after filming it, obviously decided that they weren't going to, you know, pursue this anymore. So I'm interested to see, like, what it is. Um, I'm not, like, necessarily super excited to... It's, it's, I'm more, I guess, more along the lines of something like, you know, like NBC just aired Mockingbird Lane. I'm more interested to see what it was that, that they did and and see possibly why it is that they decided not to pick it up for for a series. That's, um, yeah, I'm kind of, kind of the same. I actually remember seeing the trailer and I thought it looked really, really, really interesting. And then I got busy and I kind of forgot about it. <laughs> and there's so much other stuff going on. Yeah, and it's been so long. Like, <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. That's like you mentioned it. Even like, I know it's been around Twitter, but I've been so, um, I've just been so busy doing everything else that like, I don't think it even registered until you said something like, wait a minute. Oh, right. I do remember <laughs> watching that. Um, I'd be excited to see where it goes i mean i think it'll be interesting i think it's really i think it's fun that they're finally um that they're finally airing something i think it's going to be interesting to see what people's reactions are especially if you're like a very 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 big diehard fan of the show which i mean i wasn't really but um but i could see where people would have interesting reactions to this cool yeah i'm i'm interested in it in that i'm always interested to see you know, when you get the rare chance when you get this chance to see sort of a pilot of something that's not going forward, because a lot of these a lot of times they never see the light of day. It's more likely in something like this where it's filmed as sort of the 90 minute, you know, or you know, two hours with commercials of something like that possibly getting uh, aired as its own movie. I mean, it's really rare for something like Mockingbird Lane, you know, for yeah. just to be an hour to turn into like an hour special. 
uh, to air. But yeah, well, inter- like Lock and Key is another one. I don't know if did you guys see that pilot? Uh, I saw it at yeah. Comic Con a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they're actually now making it into three movies, so or, that's well, another one. That's that, their hope. Well, it was confirmed on Twitter, the creator. That was an interesting uh, a pilot. I could definitely see why it didn't go forward. You know, with Lock and Key, given when it started, uh, when it would have been on uh, Fox or whatever. But that's more along the lines of something like like that. You might get to see it at like a convention, right? Type of thing or something like that. But to actually get it to see something air, uh, I (laughs) I think that some of these things should actually make it to air more often or make it out there someplace. Because I think every once in a while, executives might actually find a show that that hits upon something that they didn't think would. Exactly. uh, (laughs) And could possibly bring it back. I'm always interested to to see those. And, uh, And we'll jump... With that, we'll jump to uh, the last segment, uh, TV shows on DVD uh, for uh, things coming out on Tuesday, November 13th. Uh, my pick is, uh, well, Friends. You know, if you if you haven't had friends, gotten Friends before or whatever, that's, I could sit and watch Friends episodes over and over again. Uh, the complete series comes out on Blu-ray. And I also wanted to mention that uh, I somehow I skipped over it. I didn't even see it last week when uh, we were uh, mentioning things. But uh, breaking in, what they're you know the complete series, but basically it's the the two partial seasons of episodes that they did of breaking in, is is going to be out on DVD as of November sixth, and uh, I really like that show, <laughs> one of those shows that uh, just I don't know just never quite got a, got an audience, but it was definitely uh, my type of humor. How about you, Andrea? Um, so I picked. The uh, Nick Van Dyke series, uh, the complete series, uh, which is um, I just grew up watching a lot of the older television. Uh, my dad was, you know, really into a lot of the older shows. So a lot of my traditions, like growing up, we would watch, um, you know, we would watch a lot of TV together, like the old Abbott and Costello and Mel Brooks movies and stuff like Dick Van Dyke and Bewitched and um, and all of that. So it's it's just fun um, for me to you know, think about kind of all the stuff that led me to like TV as much as I did, just kind of I grew up watching it so much and kind of sharing that experience um, personally with my family. Um, So that was just my pick that, you know, if you're going to go out and buy something that's, you know, quality, good TV um, that is so hard to find now, especially in rare cases, um, that would be my pick for the week. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Dick Van Dyke show. Definitely classic, classic comedy there. And the Abbott Costello series, the complete series just came out like a few weeks ago, too. So that's another one to to, to look out for. What is, uh, how about your pick, Carla? I picked uh, Lost Girl Season 2, and uh, it was aired recently on the Sci-Fi Channel, back-to-back to um, Season 1. And I really like Season 2. It had a few holes here and there or some episodes that didn't work quite as well. Um, it had original 13 episode pickup and then got a back nine and that kind of messed up the storytelling, I think a little bit, but overall it was a really good, um, season. If you're a Lauren fan or if you're a Dyson fan or, um, supernaturally like stuff, um, I highly recommend it. And season three starts, 
um, on Sci-Fi in January. So plenty of time to get caught up on season one and or two. Yeah, yeah, good, good little show. You know, <clears throat> is uh, definitely at the uh, the you know the Canadian shows uh, being produced is definitely at the top of uh, some of the stuff coming out of Canada. And Bo is very sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she has come that she has chemistry with like a wall. <laughs> I mean, seriously, whether she's with a female, a male, a female and a male at the same time, whether, you know, whatever creature it is, like I mean, the sexuality on that show is like off the roof and you don't see that kind of stuff on USA on US shows. I mean, not even on cable. I mean, just the way that it's the sensuality is portrayed. Um, it's kind of a gender neutral show, um, ex- you know, since she's a succubus. And that's something that is, I think, unique to Lost Girl and um, really makes it stand out above and beyond some other shows. Just don't get in fights with people that are like Docubus fans because um, unless you love Lauren and Bo together like a million times, um, you'll never win. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, that'll that'll do it for episode 157. You can find the episode at tvtimes3.com slash 157. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at uh, TV Times 3. And uh, you can also uh, listen to us on Stitcher, on the Stitcher app, on various platforms and phones. You can find more about it at stitcher.com slash TV or use TV as uh, the activation code. That is an affiliate link, uh, but uh, it's also the app that I listen to most of my podcasts on these days. And uh, it's really easy to use streaming streaming audio all the uh of all the podcasts and you can put in like your favorite list and it'll just go from one episode to the to the next show to the next show uh it, and you know it updates it's supposed to update within 15 minutes of when any show uh, gets uh uh posted online so uh I use it all the time uh you can try it out uh, I want to thank uh, both uh Carla and Andrea for uh, joining me on the podcast thank you for having me it's been fun. And as I mentioned before, you can, uh, at in the show notes, we'll have links to where you can find them online. And also wanted to mention uh, that uh, uh, Ray and Amory will be back with me next week, and we're going to do a listener Q&A. So if you have any questions for us, uh, leave them in the comments or uh, send them to us via Facebook, Twitter, or my favorite way, if you leave a voicemail, then you'll actually end up on the podcast uh, and we'll answer your questions. And with that, uh, the opening and closing music is provided by IODA Promonet. The song is TV Party by the Asylum Street Spankers from their Mercurial title put out by Yellow Dog Records. We sit glued to the TV set all night and every night. Why go into the outside world at all? It's such a fright. We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews.